Ooh, hey Hung Up fam, it's been a minute. A month, exactly. Full disclosure, I've been doing my best to deal with everything going on, plus handle my personal shit. I still haven't gotten used to the fact that the world is turning, or at least attempting to keep turning, while everything around us is falling apart. It is truly an embarrassment to be a citizen at this point. But we the people had the power then, and that's how we got into this situation. The good news is that we still have that power, so we can turn this thing around. All is not lost. This week, I sat down with Malik Glee, a cultural curator and creator in residence at the Museum of Contemporary African Diasporan Arts. We had some fun breaking the ice before diving into a conversation about his work and the Mokata exhibit he helped create, The Cookout, Kinfolk and Other Intimacies. This virtual exhibit is available until July 31st. I will be sure to put the link in the episode notes. Be sure to check it out. Welcome to the Hunger Podcast, cultural curator Malik Glee. Thank What's you, up, sir. Man? Hey, how are you? I am blessed. I'm well. How are you? I am good. It's good to see you. Smiling, ear to ear, hair freshly done. Thank you. It it was a long road coming. I didn't think I could make it tonight. <laughs> it took so long, but I'm really happy too. Thank you. Was it was it drama? <laughs> No, it was beautiful. If I can actually talk about it, it's like it was a new shop that I went to, the same um, beautician, but she had a new uh, salon and everyone was just talking. And, you know, normally if you want to get your hair done and everyone's talking, it can be kind of annoying. But it was great because we were all getting to know each other. One of the clients really enjoyed her service. So she rolled one for the entire salon. Um, I didn't partake in it. But I, thought, <laughs> I thought it was a beautiful gesture. Like it was just a beautiful day. Yeah. So. And you're remind me. Are are you in the DMV? Yes, I am in PG County. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Mm, wow. So, ooh, many moons ago, because I grew up. I spent some time in Clinton. Mm-hmm. Between Waldorf and Clinton, kind of like my my growing up story. <laughs> yeah, I lived, I grew up in Clinton too. Um, but then I, my family moved to like Fort Washington area. But yeah, I'm from PG County. Oh, okay. Okay. And see like that, all that, like the bottom, the bottom of Prince George's County, Clinton, all that is so close to Waldorf. Yep. So, which is not Prince George's County. <laughs> so close, but so far away, but yes, <laughs> close enough. Yeah. And it's changed so much. Like growing up, Waldorf was so white. Um, it wasn't too many of us. And you know, when I go back these days, a lot of us. 
And from and from what I know, a lot of people, from what I've been told, a lot of families and a lot of people move from D.C. and Prince George's County to buy homes in Waldorf. Exactly. Yeah, the gentrification is real. And so people are choosing to move or forcibly are being moved. So the suburbs are becoming very brown now. Gotcha. Well, again, welcome to the show. I gave you a very brief, watered-down introduction. Please, introduce yourself. Hello, uh, Hung Up Pod. My name is Malik Glee. I am a cultural curator, um, cultural anthropologist, writer from Prince George's County, Maryland. Um, my curatorial work is mainly in Black African diasporic art. Not even mainly, like solely all I'm interested in. Um, and my anthropological work is around uh, music economies and gentrification, namely DC, uh, living right in the outskirts of Maryland, I mean, excuse me, right on the outskirts of DC and Maryland. I have a love for this genre called go-go. And so um, that's where I'm spending a lot of my scholarship studying go-go, writing about go-go. And um, that's the professional. We'll get into more of like who I am, but yeah, yeah, that's what I do. And that's a part of who I am as well. So it's fair. I love the work that I do. Very cool. And is like Maryland is home home for you, like born and raised. Born and raised in Maryland. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. You thinking, you think you ever think about venturing outside of the DMV? So I, I attempted to, um, and, and it's not a, actually, I know I will, <laughs> but I moved to New York and there's several factors of like why it just wasn't it for me. So I came back here, um, actually okay. I have my eye on Baltimore. So my next move will be a little, it'll still be kind of local, but I'm moving to Baltimore. And then after that, when I get out the country, I feel like there's, there's, there's no point of going to another American city and for me. So Baltimore, and then I'm looking, elsewhere get out. yes mm. get out literally get out. <laughs> <laughs> is is america like the permanent fucking place at this point like <laughs> i just there's just a lot of karmic debt that america has to pay and and i'm not also someone who is like dark and a pessimist like you know the darkness is required for the light or is a part of it so america will be a beautiful space one day but I don't know if I want to be here for the middle, the in-between. Right. Right. Well, very cool. So before we jump into the conversation that we're going to have tonight about something great, a project that you, that you're a part of currently, we're going to do some icebreaker questions just to get to know you. Okay. Give us one of your top pet peeves. Um, oh, it's a very particular one. Like if someone asked me, don't you wanna, or like they asked me, instead of saying what they want, they ask me if I agree with them. Like, so instead of saying like, kind of like, wanna, instead of saying can like, can you do me a favor? Yes, just like that. It's, yes, just like that. <laughs> Don't you want Chipotle? Like, no, I don't. Do that's what you want. Just say that. Like, it's just like. <laughs> so th that little thing. I'm like, I love directness. Just make it plain. What do you want? Yes or no? Yes. 
Wow. Okay. Okay. iPhone or Android? I think you. Yeah, I was gonna say you have an iPhone because we didn't. We, I, I would have noticed the green. Yeah, I, I have an iPhone. <laughs> so I don't know if you're into their updates, but finally, so right now, iOS is on version 13. They're going to move to version 14 in the fall, and it's going to be finally Apple's going to give us a completely different layout of the phone. Oh, wow. Like, it's going to actually look different. And, mm-hmm. and some of the functions are going to be a little different. So as a long time iPhone user, like I have had an iPhone for, I don't even know how long now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just excited to see something different because it is getting a little more. That's funny. I didn't even think about it until you mentioned that. I, yes, it becomes like probably a decade having an iPhone. I haven't thought about like, yeah. it trains you, but that's a part of it. Like it's so... I don't know the word like it just trains you to to use it it's, it's just like you're it's a habit because it's so easy to use to readjust and i agree with you i think one thing a lot of us why we're so loyal to the brand is because we like the simplicity of the the layout um iphone is very straightforward <laughs> and there's not a lot of uh customization that you can do with the phone mm-hmm. and for some people that really works like we we need that structure in our lives like <laughs> i know i do it's it just one thing i think about yes uber or lyft lyft why like, do you, is there a reason why you have a I feel like there's, or you yeah, I feel like there's not, um, I drive mainly, but I feel like the last service I use, oh, I think I'm blocked from Uber. Like, oh, no, you drive. I think I'm like blocked from Uber. So I think I can't even use it. <laughs> Who did you piss off? Whose Uber car did you get thrown uh, out of? I want to know how to use Uber for free. Link it to your Venmo, and then even when you have a zero Venmo balance, Uber it takes Uber a long time to realize that. And I, ooh. so just if, in case you need to get a free ride, use Venmo and attach it to your Uber. Oh, you done hacked the system. You about to get it all shut down. Okay. I just realized what it was. Yeah. It's like, okay, Message. this works. Message. So yeah, you didn't hear from me, and you know they may have. Right. They may have heard it already, and but anywho, next question. <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right, Tupac or Biggie? That is so hard. Um, I would say Biggie. Okay. I just have more memories okay. of Biggie's m- music growing up than Tupac. You're an East Coast girl. Uh, East Coast yeah, I'm from girl. the East Coast. Very <laughs> body and just big. You know, like, expressive and just so shiny. Like, as a child, I think I was, like, drawn to the drama of Biggie.
Lights, camera, action, Puff Daddy. It's like a, it's like a, a action show. It's like so much going on. Okay, okay. So along that same theme, Whitney or Mariah? First of all, how uh -oh. dare you? Get us to gather us. Come on. Well, now I'm curious because I'm gonna say Whitney. That's the only option for me. Okay, I just period. ask all people. Right. I was like, can we continue with the conversation or do I need to <laughs> like, what's gonna go? <laughs> First of all, how dare you? No, and, don't leave, don't leave. In a million years. <laughs> I love you both dearly, but no. That part, that part. No, and she would never do There's that. There's only one boy. Right? <laughs> oh, oh, she knows her place. Yeah, she would never even utter the thought. <laughs> when you were a kid, like growing up, what was your dream job? Like, what did you want to be? I was a Broadway star, <laughs> literally. Okay. And I was okay. lucky. That did was you lucky. play it out? When I was a theater geek and nerd, majority of my life. Okay. Okay. I'm what I am still, and so I always thought I was going to be like an actor. Yeah. Okay. And so, was it like that was consistent for you throughout childhood, or did it change? No, it was like always until like okay. high school. Okay. It was like oh. childhood was like I was I was in theater. I was a theater kid. So yeah. Yeah. What what type of theater things did you do? So um I always was like in a when I went to a a, a private school for elementary school, middle schools, so like all of their plays I was in, I did like all theater summer camps, like literally. I went to oh, um, summer camp. I, I miss those days. Summer camp is lit. Since you're from um, Waldorf, you may yeah. I went to Suitland, so I went to Suitland, and I was in the. Oh, I love how you said Waldorf. I just I. Mm. Yeah, I always, I like, like the way a real one because like a real one. I went to Suitland and I studied theater at Suitland, and then I went to Howard and I studied theater management at Howard, so I've always been into literally life, like either on the stage or behind the stage or in the wing or somewhere. Okay, and bless, bless up to Suitland. I hear Suitland, she not doing well these days. Um, I don't know what you heard, but um, the Rams are always steady going strong. Much love to Suitland. No, not the school, but just the, the city. As oh. far as like, mm. just here it's a lot of, you would know. Well, well, what I think of when I think of Suitland is like the county is building it as like an arts district. So Suitland's being gentrified 
So that's one thing about Suitland, but that's that's oh, one thing. Okay. I can talk about. That's yeah. interesting. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's just so wild for me to think of Suitland as being gentrified. And you go, like, <laughs> next time you're in the DMV, go to Aversen Mall. <laughs> Don't play with me. Don't play with me. What they do? What it's they do still to there, Mall? but they're just beautifying Aversen Mall. Like you, slowly but surely, that Suitland area is just going to look different. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If you were a superhero, what would be your superpower? Ooh, um... This is our last one. It's the first thing that comes to mind, so I'm going to say it. The ability to kind of... I don't know. I guess it's a, a shapeshifter. Like, I'm sitting on my bed. I can, like, turn into my bed. Or, like, I'm in a wall. And I can become the wall. Like, I think I would like to, like... Oh, it's terrifying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is really scary. And, yes. oh, when a stranger, is it When a Stranger Calls? Is that the film? There's a really scary movie where, like, the guy is, he's, like, painted as the same color as the wallpaper in the home, and, like, the only thing you see is his eyes. It's really scary. I rebuke that in the name. It, <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> do you watch scary movies like are you into horror flicks i am i normally find them hilarious so i love horror movies no what do you <laughs> what do you find so, so hilarious i don't, I don't like them. i don't like the gory ones but i like 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 saw no i don't like like i like like suspenseful things i like things about like spirits like i just i like the, the animation or the voice like Change like I feel like all those elements are just so funny to me. Like when they try to make like the exorcism. Yeah, like maybe not that one. That one's kind of a little scary. But like, but like if they the have original like original one. If they have like a little girl. I thought the original was funny. I don't think I. I think I've only seen current iterations. Um, okay. But yeah, like all Emily that stuff, like seance, all that stuff. It's like okay, girl. All right. Are you into um, the FX show? Um, American Horror Ray Story. Dude, cousin, and yeah, are you into I that? love American Horror Story. Me My too. Favorite, um, is Coven, yeah. Me too. Me too. Murder House was a bit much for me because um, it was too much gore. And also, more recently, I, I feel like two seasons back, I couldn't watch it. It was too gory. It was, it was like they were in a cult. Is it the end of the world one? Like they were like. Yes, I didn't watch that. I, after I think I got like two, maybe two and a half episodes in, and I said no, thank you, and I had to go read my Bible. I say, amen. <laughs> hey, you ain't gotta do that. I know what I gotta do, ma'am. I'm here to repossess your car. I'm not stupid. I know why you're here. You have your money next. Week. You already four months behind in your payment? The bank on this car right now. My boyfriend's a rapper. He's got to pay for everything. Listen, I'm happy for you and everything, but that don't change the fact that I'm leaving with this car. I need the car to pick him up. He has a performance. Hold on, you trying to tell me you got a man, but he ain't even got no ride to get where he need to go? No, bitch. Hold on. Don't think you better than me. You better be lucky yeah, I'm in okay. a good mood. Oh, I, I Bro, this gonna clear, man. I ain't got time for this. You ain't clearing I'm getting my car. Hey, Dave, lift the hook. Which, which one is left? You is not going nowhere. Get out of my way and I'm not playing. 
Play chicken all you want. Bernice don't back down. I don't care. I'm gonna back up and I'll do it. You ain't backing up. Which one is left? You ain't going nowhere. Oh, 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 Bernice. Oh, my God. Bernice. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. tow truck before, but I can't let him get away. I got you blocked in. Call an ambulance right away. You guys aren't going anywhere. You don't open this gate for any reason at all. I'm going to check on my friend. Bernice! I thought you were dead. Don't worry, I got an ambulance coming. Man, cancel that ambulance, man. Bernice, you need medical attention. You just fell off the building. Listen, Bernice, fine. Let's get this Camaro, dog. Bernice, your body is full of adrenaline right now. You could be really hurt and not even know it. Bernice ain't going to no hospital. Hospitals are for rich people. And my Obamacare ain't kicked in yet. You bet not tell nobody about this either. Yeah, I can't take no time off from work. All right, cool. Well, thank you. That was fun. Um, let's go ahead and jump into why we are really here, which is really all about you, Malik. So before we dive into the project that you're working on um, and projects that you're going to be working on in the future, um, tell us who, who is Malik and how did we get to this place where we are literally today where I'm having this awesome opportunity to interview you about your life's work. Uh, I'm still living. So I, I know what you mean by my life's work, but when I hear that, I'm like, oh, I have so many more years ahead of my, my mm -hmm. living work. But um, I am, I said all the professional things, which are important, but I think I'm just someone who loves Blackness. I love everything about it. I'm curious. And I think my curiosity is why we're here today. Like, um, so yeah, my background's in theater, um, but yeah, I'll tell, like, I feel like it's a long, I'm trying to make it abbreviated, but like my background's in theater. I went to Howard, was noticing the gentrification happening around Howard. Um, and so I created a anti-gentrification nonprofit and that connected me to the Prince George's African-American Museum. And that was, I wasn't even thinking about working in museums or didn't know what a curator was or like anything like that. But the work I was doing with my nonprofit that connected me to that museum, like opened up my eyes and maybe really realized what I wanted to do, which was to capture living history, to document the moment through creativity. And so I was work, I, I've worked in several museums since then and um, in different capacities. And currently I'm doing um, curatorial work, more, mainly, you know, freelance, independent work. And Mokada has, again, because of my curiosity, I went there, I'm, I lived in New York for a little bit, and I, I went to Mokada, and I met Amy, the co-curator of this exhibition, and the director of Mokada, and I think I was like, I feel a good vibe, like, can we go to brunch, like, can we just talk, like, I don't, like, you know, just met her, was being very open, and she was receptive, so we, we went out, got to know each other, 
I applied for their um, uh, creator in residency last summer. I was a creator in residence and we just continued to have this relationship and it manifests into the cookout. While I was a creator in residence at Mokata last summer, the residency was actually in a house on Governor's Island. So I was sitting on a porch. I was, you know, there was, it, it had the elements of a cookout, you know, and I was with all these black creative people. So I began to think about the idea then, and I wanted to have it in that actual house so that the exhibition could literally be in its uh, site of inspiration. But given that we are in a pandemic, we moved it virtually. And I think that was a roundabout way of saying why we're here <laughs> about the exhibition. Um, there's, there's probably other things I could have said, but that is the roundabout way. That's how we got here today. Wow, thank you for sharing that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it almost seems like, what do you call it when something, it just so happens, like your, your connection with the African American Museum kind of became this catalyst for you to like do your yes, work. Very much so. I hold that place dearly. And I say a big thank you mm -hmm. to Janelle Compton if she, if she hears this. And even if she doesn't, thank you. She's a great mentor of mine. And that museum was a transformative moment of my life. And it awakened me and connected me and propelled me. And it's very special. Wow. Wow, that's really cool. Okay. Um, so before, I want to talk about the exhibit itself, mm -hmm. the cookout, Can Folk and Other Intimacies. Before we dive into the actual exhibit, I want to talk, I want to read an excerpt from the essay, which is, you gotta help me describe it. It's kind of like a written piece that went along with the exhibit. Yes, yeah, so the exhibition essay essentially is there to to share the, the why. You know, I just wanted to share a little bit like why we're here and, and also because people can experience it and I'm not able to really talk to people at an opening or in, in, in a way that we otherwise can communicate. The essay was really important to me just to share the, the why um yeah the why of why we're watching why we're viewing these works yeah awesome awesome let me read a little bit from the beginning the cookout kinfolk and other intimacies is a celebration of african diasporan traditions of gathering particularly ways of togetherness that maintain history culture and rituals through active participation, participation. The cookout can and does often represent a myriad of social experiences, vital to cultural continuity and collective survival. The featured works live across various mediums to explore tradition, family, national and personal memories, memorial ritual, gender and sexuality, childhood and acts of leisure and pleasure. The works to mark a moment and occupy the pan-African future simultaneously, which I think is kind of cool because it's kind of it's saying like it kind of lives in both. Mm -hmm. Yes. At, at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think. And it's I a, think it. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. 
No, I, I just think it's like an open-ended question. That's why it's kind of in the future because I, people engage with it, you know? So we curated Amy and I an exhibition, which was an act of the present, but then when we give it to the public, we don't know what to expect. And also we are thinking about the continuation of the, the tradition of gathering now <clears throat> and in the near future or the far future right. even. Yeah. Right, right. And I feel like it's such a great way to introduce us to why, and it really speaks to why the cookout space is sacred for us. And it, it, the, the essay goes on to, to talk more about it, but I'm totally of the mindset of, you know, we got to stop inviting non-Black people to the cookout. And I love how the essay just gives reason after reason why just because you display some type of act of kindness or you show some type of allyship, which what we know is not enough. <laughs> you, we know that allies can, can take it a step further and become more active in, in, you know, in their um, advocacy. But I'm just all of the mindset, like, we got to stop inviting non-Blacks to the cookout because this space is for us, by us, it's sacred. It, it is for us to engage in one another, to learn, exchange, to, to dance, um, which you, you get all these things from this beautiful exhibition. Thank you. Thank you. I pulled some things from the essay that I wanted to get your feedback on. Here's, okay. here's the first thing. The digital realm, particularly its increased relevance during the global pandemic, prompts new concerns and possibilities, I really like that, about the ontology of participatory heritage. And then you, the following paragraph, you bring up the don't let go challenge with Beyonce mm -hmm. when, that, when that dropped summer of 2019 mm -hmm. and how that was such I mean, a wave in, in, in a few different ways, but it was our wave. It was our wave. Everything is our wave, high key. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that was our wave, and it makes me and think we about were able to take part of a virtual gathering. My bad. I just wanted to like no, you're, tie you're, that into what you were um, saying in the essay. Is like you know the possibilities are now we can have these virtual gatherings, and I just loved how you offered us proof and evidence of that with the Don't Let Go Challenge. Thank you, and uttering the same. I think it was a beautiful moment because it's like that commonality, like, oh, we know this thing exists, but Beyonce added some newness to it. So it, it was intergenerational. Like, I love seeing videos of, you know, children with their grandparents dancing to it. But also, you know, um, elements of the dance and the song itself and the the memory that it holds, if you get it through, if your first engagement with that song is through TikTok, it's different. It's, it's different if it's not a lived experience. So I think the exhibition too is, like you said, about mm -hmm. how people can have entry to the cookout without also knowing what it takes 
to make the table spread or like knowing just the the richness of it mm. Mm. i like that okay okay so something else that i pulled from the essay the cookout in the united states mirrors gatherings across the diaspora and i was just like wow that is so true it's like we never stopped mm -hmm. it it has evolved into what we needed as time has moved on but we're still having this celebratory gathering as a people and as a culture yes and amy was very um intentional about having that diasporic representation in the show to show as you said the continuity that no matter if we're in nigeria or brazil or um you know ghana south africa no matter where we are we we have commonalities in the way that we socialize um and our family structures so the cookout is a great example of what has not been lost which is how we come together around food and dance and family which is again all the more reason why we don't need non-black people at the cookout yes something else i pulled from the essay lauren hill's guarding the gate describes a self-sustained love and it was it's the self-sustained part that really like mm -hmm. hit me to the core um because my god the things we have to go through to try to self-sustain. Yes, just living. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it could be a lot. Like that really hit me. Like, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, and it, you, you hit it on the head when you were saying, like, the things we have to go through just to hold that, 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 that self-sovereignty, that self-love. And I think the cookout to me is a relic and is a manifestation of you know, no matter what is going on in the world, even now during a pandemic, people still, you know, not condoning it, but having baby showers and having grandma's 70th. And, you know, it's like, it's irresistible. It's, it's we need, we, we've only survived when, through togetherness. We've only survived through community. So I think uh, my, one, I just love that song by Lauren Hill, but uh, the Guarding the Gates. From the, in, um, soundtrack of uh, Help Me. I was going to say something real shady, but Queen and Slim, that, that movie. But I love that. <laughs> I love that song. And uh, Garden the Gates, self-sustained. Yeah, it's like it's an insular experience. Even with all the BS that goes on, when we're together, it's love. And you start out the essay with the lyrics from that song. So that song must have really inspired you as you were creating this event. Yeah, it's like, you know, you listen to a song and then like once you read the lyrics, it hits different. That was literally that song I'm listening to. I'm singing. I'm like, wait, wait, let me read it's it. It's like it hits. But then when you read the lyrics, it hits. Yes. When you read the lyrics, you're like knocked out, KO. And so yeah. I read the lyrics and it was, and I was writing the essay before I really got hip to the song like that. But then it just, it did inform it. Even I think the show could have, you know, was 
majority of the way done even prior to that. But that song was like, I just saw the commonality. I just saw like why it was relevant. Yeah, I love the song, love the movie. How, how did you feel about the movie? It was, it was okay. I thought it was, it was okay. When I say I love it, it was, it, I'm, I'm, I'm probably giving a lot there. Because of course there was, you know, there's critique, but overall, I, it's I, not, was, I was, oh. You know what? I, I forgot how I described it. I was like, I forgot, because it was so perfect, the description. It's like, it's not that it's bad. It's just not good. Like, I will watch it again. You know? I, I don't know. I, I can't describe it. Like, it was okay. It was a beautifully shot movie. I had high expectations. And I left really sad. And I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, everyone, that was my experience with it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a beautiful, beautifully shot movie. It was. So let's talk about the exhibit. Yes, let's do that. And so the name of the exhibit is The Cookout, Kinfolk and Other Intimacy, right? Correct. And the virtual experience is just really awesome. Were, were you a part of creating that? I wish I had those kind of talents. That's not, <laughs> <laughs> that's not yet my ministry. That is all Amy and the Mokata team. Hey, Amy. Yes. You hey. brought an Amy about three, four times now. So we just got to say shout out to Amy. Yeah, shout out to Amy. <laughs> shout out to Run. Shout out to Mokata. Shout out to all the artists yes. here on the show. Um, but that was all. Because it takes a village. Yeah, it, it definitely takes a village, and that was all Amy working relentlessly to get that together. So big thank you to Amy. Yeah, it really feels like you're there, and you can kind of click around. It, it sort of reminds me of Google Maps, where you can kind of drop, you can yeah. drop your pen, and it'll take you right there, and you get a 360 view no matter where you're at. Yeah. Um, and then additionally, like, what a way to supplement the experience Experience since you couldn't have it in person. Having it online, it also has its benefits because you can do things like further research, like if, you know, like with me, some of the art I was really inspired by, I went ahead and went online and did some further research on some of the artists to find out where they were at, looked mm -hmm. up their social media, you know, did the creep stalker shit that we do, you know, when we, <laughs> yeah. when you're trying to, um, you know, I'm exaggerating. But, but you know we get you doing the paper trail. You interested, yeah. When you become interested, so I think that gives you an opportunity because when you're in person, sometimes you can get distracted by what's going on around you. Mm -hmm. Whether that be music, the wine, the food, the ambiance, the interaction. Some You may be talking with someone there. Um, it is also great. I've been to some art exhibitions in person, and it was just a great experience. But I just say all that to say, shout out to Amy and the team for doing such a great job, because like I said, it really felt like you were there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. And um, I do agree, there is something <clears throat> enjoyable about like being in the space in your home like you said, like there's no, there's no distractions. I'm going at my own pace. I might get a little bit of it today and come back to it tomorrow. So, yeah. Well, I just, 
you know, so let's talk about some of the, the art pieces. So I know you, before we came together tonight, um, I said I would talk about a few, and you said you would talk about a few of your favorites as well. I, one that stands out to me right away, I want a big shout out to Mr. Nel, Melvin Nesbitt Jr. His, there was doing, like doing hair in ice cream trucks. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it, I don't know if it's doing hair or like, I think it's like doing hair, I'm not sure. Um, but there's a doing hair piece and the ice cream truck piece. It's just very nostalgic. His all and, and he was one of the folks that I went and I looked him up on the social media, mm-hmm. and I went to I saw his Instagram and I was just like, wow, you know, his art and it's just his color palette choice. It's just very nostalgic and it just really takes you back and it really puts you in a moment. Yes, it's it's so even the aesthetics of it, like you said, the color choice, um, the shape. Some of the ambiguity and the face it reminds me of like children's books i read and it reminds me of little bill <laughs> that's what i always think about little bill. <laughs> a lot of diversity of black people on little bill and it was very colorful and life had an ease to it and i think yeah life had an ease to it on on those shows and in those books i remember so yeah well i'm a fan for sure there's a you you turn the corner and there's a, a video where you see some African dance, but then you also see some DC dancing. Um, looks like so. It, it what it looks like is you're trying to paint this experience of like inspiration, where African dance has inspired some of our dances, like beat your feet. <laughs> that's the, that's really like the only go-go dance that I can even remember. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are so many more. But That's primary you one. see both of them in this video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're talking about um, Jesse Jumanji dance, dance sisters. And I love the clip she has with Megan Thee Stallion. And uh, I, I don't know where the woman is from who's dancing uh, next to Megan. But yeah, she does a lot of pairing of the past and the present. Just to, again, to iterate, like, no matter where we like are, that. our DNA mm-hmm. is embedded. We're with connected. Them. Yes. Yeah, so that is uh, Dance Sisters, Jesse Jamanji. Jesse Jamanji. And I also thought the interactive puzzle was really cool. Yes, Lionel. Yes. Like, and I feel like you could only do that. You could only have that type of experience with a virtual exhibit. <laughs> that is true. And I would love to talk to Lionel more. I actually did it. I did another version of the crossword with him in the real world. It was like at a party or not really a party, like a talk. And he had it plastered and the drip. Uh, yeah, the drip. And we were Lionel Frazier White the third. Yeah. I want to make sure I get his name in there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome guy. He was a solid guy. He was um we were we were doing it in that space. And then again, thinking it was gonna be a physical exhibition, I wanted it in the space. But even it translates really well virtually, and it makes me think about like memes and just like the the things that we all share. I love it. Yeah, it makes it like, like all yeah. the we, we just have so many similar experiences. And it's just, and it's just again, like culture, 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 culture. It kind of reminds me of a crossword 
version of Black Card Revoke, but just better. Yes. This is better. Yes. <laughs> so I'm halfway through. I'm almost done. I got, I'm good. still working on mine. You're good. Some of ours <laughs> are the same, so this is good. <laughs> so I talked about three of my favorites. What are some of your favorite pieces? So as a curator, I have to say, and it's also real. I don't know if I have favorites. I love them. I don't know if I know. I don't have favorites. Yeah, they uh, don't have favorites. They were all great. Yeah, they're all necessary works. But there Mm -hmm. are. I can find three to highlight some central themes, and I really want to give a lot of love and light to E. Jane, um, because she produced uh, One in a Million, Misa that MP4. It was a video on the floor. And sometimes the videos are a little spotty for me. So I, I, I just want to emphasize it as well because it's one of the pieces that depending on which browser you use, you may get it, you might not get it fully. Um, but yeah, yeah, I find that it's better. It works better for me on my, on on my your phone. phone. No iPhone users, you can attempt to use the, get the exhibition on your phone. But E. James' <laughs> uh, piece, I was inspired by another work of theirs um, wherein it was a replic. It was a a replication of the brandy sitting up in my room video. Um, e Jane was in her bedroom or in their bedroom, excuse me. And E Jane, um, they they replicate like R and B music video aesthetics. And so for me, thinking about like this digital realm where you can learn the savage challenge and. You know, there's a lot of like black culture that is shared and the dance and the other outputs around it that are shared. However, you know, when we were growing up, those were like learned experiences. Like you would learn a dance at recess or you would learn it with your cousins. And it was very, it was very uh, exclusive to like being, participating in it, actively participating. Yeah. So I just wanted to shed line on one in a million because one, I love that Aaliyah record, but two, um, to me, um, and through our, our engagement really is to me about kind of like nostalgia, childhood. Um, yes. And it just hits you on so many different levels. Like it pulls you back, but it, it's like, it pulls you back and then it, something else about it pulls you back again and even further. And then you, you look, you look more, you look deeper into it and then you find something else and that even pulls you back even further. And it's just uh, like, God damn. <laughs> yeah, I, I like watched it like every day. I'm obsessed with it. Like, I'm actually obsessed mm. with it. Not even like I mm. am. It's beautiful. Um, another piece I can elevate, because um, this is another uh, PG brother, Jamal Peterman. Mm. Um, well ran dry. I first saw that piece um, at his uh, what is it? Uh, his his graduate exhibition. Um, yes, and the exhibition was called Greenbelt, and it was about Greenbelt, Maryland. Um, but for me, thinking about the cookout, I think about like how all strata of our family, like we have people who are of all uh, socioeconomic kind of background within our family lineage. And the cookout was a place where, you know, we're not necessarily bound to barriers, but we actually get to engage with one another. And so thinking about that piece, Well Ran Dry, um, there's a series of uh, diagonal, uh, not diagonal, excuse me, vertical lines going down. Um, And I think from the color use and the shapes, He's talking quite a bit about generational trauma, 
quite a bit about uh, the separatism of uh, economics in the Black community. And so I think while the cookout is a celebratory moment, it's also a space where we can have uncomfortable conversations. It's also a space where we can be critical about how we are being together as family. Um, so I think that piece to me is both quite beautiful, um, but also some of the elements of it are a little heavier. Um, and I think that's kind of what we get at the cookout. It's not always, you know, laughter. Sometimes you got those family secrets and you got a lot going on. Listen, the cookout, you you can laugh, cry, you can go through all the emotions before you leave. Yes, and take a plate to go. <laughs> oh, you definitely gonna take a plate to go because it's always, that's how, that's how it is. Um, the, the artist, is, I, I'm wondering if you can help me. I, the, their name escapes me, but I remember seeing uh, it was like a drink that was kind of pouring down on yes. grass. Emmanuel Malison, um, The Endless Libation. And there's a, a subtitle, mm -hmm. it's Rest in Peace, and I can't re remember the ancestor he's acknowledging. Um, but Emmanuel, also DMV. I love that. DC brother. Um, Y'all gotta keep your eyes on the DMV. It's so much talent here. Um, but Emmanuel's piece, I love it because, um, again, it's that continuity. You know, that point of libation is very African. But we see it here in the Americas and we see it primarily in media without that context and always kind of ghettoized, which to me is not an insult. But I, I understand why the, the attempt of presenting like an urban experience can be insulting. But this is quite beautiful experience. It's one where we see the closest ties to like our African ways of being, our, commu our communal ways of being. When you have, when you're space of lack, you lean on who's to your left and your right. So that's another conversation. But yeah, I think that um, that piece, one being, I believe the only sculpture, I love the way it translates in the virtual realm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a three, and it's a three dimensional piece. Um, oh my gosh, wow. Yeah. And Emmanuel is continually, like, continuously using that. Like, makes it even more awesome. <laughs> it's dope. It's dope. And he, he, he repurposes <clears throat> objects quite a bit. And I love that. Like, you know, using what's around you or, you know, maybe seeking an item. And through the process of refabricating, um, you are giving it new, not even new meaning. You're demonstrating its context visually. You're demonstrating the meaning it holds just by altering it or making an addition. Awesome. Uh, you know, so we're, we're coming to a close of our chat. Um, you've mentioned a lot of names of a lot of people who, you know, help you put this together. Is there anyone else that you just want to give a shout out to? Everyone. Shout out to everyone. Um, who are you hung up on? <laughs> hung up meaning I can't put the phone down? Hung up like you shout out to them like you we feeling good about them we we, we loving it it would be a manual <laughs> no no it's, it's okay. a hard one but it's, it's a manual because of a recent work go his ig unfortunately i don't know it right now i can get it before we get off the good actually i'm gonna get it right now okay 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 yeah you can name name all the people that you want to name that you want to give a shout out to okay so Emmanuel's um, Instagram is M-A-S-S-I underscore underscore. So that's M-A-S-S-I underscore underscore. 
And mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm hung up on him because of a recent piece called Drill Music. It's a series, or not a series rather, but it is a, a sculpture with a horn. It looks like um, a trumpet and then some, some shell bullets. And I'm hung up because I'm just looking at this piece like every day and I'm obsessed with drill music and rest in peace, Pop Smoke. So I just love that that work. And so that's what's on the front of my mind, but it is definitely a big shout out and big thank you for everyone for trusting Amy and I. Um, we had a quick turnaround, but we did it. So I'm really, really happy. That is so cool. So the show is up until the 31st. Tell us what we need to know as far as where we can find the show and if there's anything that we need to be on the lookout for coming from the leak in the future. So you can find the show at um, Visiting Mokata. I'm just going to make sure I get it right. Yep. Okay. So Mokata, M-O-C-A-D-A dot org backslash digital. And there you'll be able to find the exhibition, which again closes this week. So check it out. Um, and from me, you can go on Instagram and visit at subscribe boy box. That is the most recent project I'm working on and putting out. And um, it is a, a, a sex toy subscription box, diverting a little bit from our conversation. But, you know, I want your audience to pleasure themselves during COVID. And so visit subscribe boy box on Instagram. So maybe I have to get me a boy box and then that can be like another episode that we do together. Where yes, I, I would love that. Some feedback, some product feedback. I would love <laughs> all of that. And remind us where we can find you. Yes, um, only on Instagram, <laughs> like literally only on Instagram. That's cool. <laughs> um, no, because everyone's like, you should get a Twitter. I'm like, I don't want to. I don't. Instagram's already a lot. You I don't, get what you want. I don't want you anything. Get what you I, want. I don't barely want Instagram. It's a lot. But my Instagram is Majamal. That's spelled M-A-J-A-H-M-A-L. Simple. Short and sweet. Okay, cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm hung up on you, Malik. Thank you for coming in, dropping in through the show. This has been great. I told you before we started recording that you know, it's been a month since I've put anything out because, you know, like all of us, I'm going through, you know, and it's been really difficult processing all the things that have been going on. So just shout out to you and shout out to everybody that, you know, despite everything that we're going through, we continue to shine and process. So we don't, we out here, I'm, I'm hung up on all of us. Yes, I'm hung up on all of us. And thank you for the invitation, for the space. And everyone who's listening, have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great life. Be blessed. You too. Good night. Good night. Hey, Hung Up family. Thank you for listening to tonight's episode with Malik Lee. Be sure to follow the show on all platforms at Hung Up Pod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. And be sure to also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. See y'all next time. Everybody, everybody wants to know we're going to. 
what you're running from, what you're going through, where you're coming from, what you're going through, where you're coming from. Everybody, everybody wants to know what you're gonna do, where you're going to, cause they wanna come, where I'm showing you, yes they wanna come, where I'm showing you, all that you can be is a spectacle, following after every single miracle, once tomorrow.